Got it. it. Nailed, Nailed it. it. Okay. Oh, man, that was complicated. Don't do that. <laughs> You're like, here, make a noise when you do this. And I'm like, but I immediately have no noise to make. All right. <laughs> you literally never stop making noises until I ask you to make noises. Exactly. That tracks. Yeah. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm just fabulous. How are you? Oh, you know, we're not falling <laughs> apart or anything. It's perfectly fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, everything's great. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. Yeah, Kelly's <sighs> body's falling apart. My brain's falling apart. So we're good. We got it's, this. It's going to be a great episode. Y'all came on a good night. <laughs> Put us together. We're a great one person. It's fine. <laughs> all right. Okay. Anyways, you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Hey guys, I'm Kelly. And I'm Ashley. And welcome to A Day With Murder. Alright you guys, so our case today is from May 9th, 2010. She was just a kind, loving individual that loved the beach. We loved sitting at the beach. We were friends long before we ever became lovers. And she was just a kind, gentle person. And of course, she was beautiful. It was like the ogre and the princess. This is what Stephen Nodine said in an interview about his dead girlfriend, Angel Downs. Angel was a 45-year-old married real estate agent in Gulf Shores. In 2004, through mutual friends at a mullet toss, Angel met Stephen. Do you know what a mullet toss is? All right, so I Googled it because... Myself, like, you know, I'm thinking like Verona the hairstyle. and they're doing mullet tosses. And I'm like, what are they doing uh-huh. there? But a mullet is a fish. Uh-huh. So they'd see who it. could throw it the farthest across the state line. The Florida, <laughs> Alabama state line. I mean, I'm not mad at it, but I was just like, a mullet. Like, I'm thinking that it's like toupee mullets. And I'm like, is that a thing? Like, I just That's what I was thinking. Immediately, my... Yeah. Immediately, my head went to the okay. hairstyle. Okay. Thank you for understanding that. I was like, you absolutely should toss mullets. Just toss them. Get rid of them. <laughs> All right. So they met through mutual friends at a mullet toss in 2004. Stephen, who was also known as Steve, had been voted into the city council in 2001. Then in 2004, he was elected to a seat on the Mobile County Commission and voted in again later in 2008, where he ran unopposed. Soon after their meeting, they began having an affair. Both of them were married, and Nodine claimed his marriage was on the rocks. Not long after their affair began, Angel got a divorce from her husband, Chris, to continue her relationship with Nodine. Their relationship continued off and on for six years until May 9th, 2010. I hate the word lovers. It upsets me. I hate it, too. And then I also want to say that um, I watched an episode on this case on a a show on the Oxygen channel called Accident, Murder, or Suicide. And Angel also, according to her friend Tanya McGowan, Angel also had a severe heart and lung condition and was wheelchair-bound for a while, and she was also on a transplant list. Wow. Yeah. So she was kind of struggled with her health her whole life, I think. According to Angel's friends, Angel didn't like the fact that Nodine was still married. Well, duh. (laughs) For a while, Nodine told her that he had already filed for divorce, But after a year of her asking why it hasn't been finalized yet, he finally admitted he hadn't actually filed for divorce. Like, he's trash. Why? 
He really is. This guy is just absolute garbage. You're going to lie to the woman that you're cheating on your wife with? And your wife. Like, he's just trash. Yeah. And your wife. And then later on, when asked why he didn't divorce his wife, he said, quote, I wanted everything. I wanted to have Angel. I wanted to have my family life to come back to over here in Mobile. I wanted to escape to the beach when I could. Um, to live two different lives. Like, he, at least he admitted that he's a douchebag. Well, and so I also think a lot of it is to do with his political goals because he lived and was elected in Mobile and she lived in Gulf Shores. So their affair was sort of public knowledge in Gulf Shore, but in Mobile, apparently it wasn't well known. And so, like, if it came out that he was dating this, like... Okay, because I saw... Hot yeah. blonde woman... And left his wife for, it would be like a huge political scandal. Okay. Nodine was an almost daily visitor to Angel's home and even sometimes brought his teenage son with him. According to what Angel had told her friends and her sister Susan, the relationship between Nodine and Angel could be violent at times. Angel said that Nodine had beaten her and pushed her several times. And Angel told them, quote, just always know that if you ever find me dead, he killed me. Susan said that Nodine was controlling, going so far as sitting outside her house, watching her comings and goings. All right. So apparently she also, because um, Angel and Nodine, Nodine, oh my gosh, Angel and Nodine were sort of on again, off again. And at one time when they were off again, she apparently went on a date with some other guy and he showed up at her house and just started like banging on the doors and the windows, like for a while. So he That's was- creepy and scary. Yeah. Yeah. So he was- creepy that's a major red flag Uh, yeah yeah and her friend said like she kept trying to get out but it's like she she was addicted it was almost like she couldn't get away i don't ever think i would come to you and be like if i ever died i think ryan did it like i've never did there would be a much bigger conversation you know what i'm saying that too sure yeah but like like sure like we fight like couples fight or whatever but i've never thought he would kill me that's good yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm delighted to hear that. It's a good thing. Okay. (laughs) All right. So on Mother's Day in 2010, or on May 9th, at around 8 p.m., a 911 call was placed from a neighbor. Upon arrival to Angel's home, first responders found Angel lying in her driveway with a gunshot wound and a handgun next to her. The bullet had entered her right temple and had exited the left side of her head. At 11.30 that night, District Attorney Judy Newcomb arrived on the scene after police began questioning if it was homicide or suicide. Judy Newcomb said, quote, it's someone who's shot in the head with their own gun, which statistically would be suicide. And what everybody's first impression when they see it is, oh, someone killed themselves. Not long after this, Nodine was called down to the police station for questioning. According to Nodine, the couple had gone out and had a normal day. He dropped Angel off at her house and left before realizing he had forgotten his wallet. He turned around and headed back to her house. And also, apparently, he was calling her repeatedly when he was heading back to her house, according to cell phone records. He parked parallel to the house as opposed to in the driveway and ran inside. Nodine says he didn't see Angel when he left, just grabbed his wallet and left. Okay, so if he's just saying that he dropped her off and left before he realized he had forgotten his wallet, but they were, like, out and about that day, right? Mm-hmm. So he didn't. He didn't have his like wallet. at the beach. I think is where they were. He didn't have his wallet at all, like all day. Um, I I don't know. Maybe not if they were at the beach. 
Or maybe he would like change out of his, no, he didn't change out of his swim trunks because in the convenience store video, he's on his swim trunks. I don't know. Maybe he went to the bathroom or something, or maybe they hooked up or something. I don't know. And he took his wallet out of his pants. Because I asked Ryan, I asked Ryan about it and I was like, how often have you left your wallet? And like that, I don't know how to equate it to a, to a female thing, but like for guys, like that seems to be like a big, it's a thing for them, like a comfort thing almost. You know what I mean? Well, like they always have yeah. a wallet. I, also, they said in that accident, murder, or suicide thing that he was addicted to pain pills. Right. So he may have just been foggy headed. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Or, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know. You know, we don't really know. If, we know that he, based on cell phone data, he did leave and come back. So that part's true. But whether it was for his wallet or for something else, who knows? And then so he just comes back into her house, grabs his wallet and just leaves. Well, and if you and I hate to keep bringing up the thing, the the oxygen show that I watched, but they showed what her house looked like. And it's one of those townhouses that are side by side and has the driveway. And then right by the driveway is the front door. Mm -hmm. So if she was already in the driveway, like it's just weird to me. Like it's weird. I don't know. It's weird to me that. She, I don't know. Let's finish. Let's keep going. And then I'll try to explain. Okay. Neighbors and witnesses remember it differently. Roger Whitehead, one of Angel's neighbors, told officers, I think there was a gunshot. Mr. Nodine was still here. And then he got in his truck and left. Another neighbor testified that as soon as he heard the gunshot and ran outside, he saw Nodine's truck driving away. Nodine said, I did not shoot her. I did not harm her. She took her own life. She's not here to take responsibility. First of all, that last sentence upsets me. Yeah, right? <laughs> so there's that. Four years prior, Angel had attempted suicide by taking an overdose of pills. Susan said that she's sure Angel would not want people to find her that way, that Angel would have, quote, taken pills to go to sleep, not shoot herself in the head. Angel had appointments scheduled and even had a dinner party to attend soon. She would not have killed herself. Also, shortly before her death, Angel called Susan and asked her where she should shoot a home intruder if she ever encountered one. After that phone call, Susan texted Angel to check on her and Angel texted back, Stephen Nodine is here. All right. So that text message she sent to her sister May 9th, 2010 at 746 p.m. The first police call reporting the gunshot happened at 752. So that's six minutes between her texting her sister saying Stephen Nodine is here and the gunshot or the first phone call reporting oh. the gunshot. So probably more like five minutes. Sure. So I just think that's an interesting timeline. That's extremely interesting timing. During the autopsy, it was reported that there were prescription medications and alcohol in Angel's system. The medical examiner for the state of Alabama testified that his findings from the autopsy were inconclusive. The district attorney brought in a different M.E. from Georgia to review the case. He never examined Angel's body, but after reviewing the evidence he was shown, he said that he believed that it was a homicide. And I kind of agree, like... Most females that die by suicide are not the bloody, messy type. You know what I mean? Because, And I asked Ryan about this, too. I was like, hey, so if I was to kill myself, what, did you, what would you think that I would do? And his first response was pills. Mm -hmm. And because he was like, I would be complaining even after death that somebody had to clean the mess up. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that is a legit, that's 
like I've read a lot of that before that women just tend to just not do that. Like even if they're serial killers or killers, they tend to poison people or whatever. They don't generally shoot them or stab them. They don't want to deal with the blood and the guts and the stuff like that. Well, yeah, but there's always exceptions. Let's look at, um, um, oh, yeah, of oh, course. what's her name? The Eileen Mornos who, you know, killed all her victims. Sure, of like, course. There's always exceptions. So I don't, I do think it's odd that she did that, especially when she tried the first time with pills. Right. It's just like a weird, I don't know. That's, I think it's weird. I also think it's weird that she went out into her driveway to shoot herself. That's just a weird, it seems almost like she wasn't really thinking. Like she just walked out there and, and I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I would say even if it's, you start an argument and, you know, things are getting heated in the house. Like me personally, I'm not the type to bring it outside of the house. You know what I mean? And based on the descriptions of Angel, she wasn't either. Yeah. They say she was not like a confrontational person. Right. She was a very quiet, sort of a reserved person. So I don't know. Okay. So two weeks later, Nodine was arrested for Angel's murder. Going into trial, Judy Newcomb, the DA, admitted that they didn't have much physical evidence to tie Nodine to the scene, as neither him nor Angel were tested for gunshot residue, and no fingerprints were ever taken from the gun. So actually, the gun was taken to the lab to make sure it would actually fire, and that it wasn't like a planted gun. But then, for some reason, after they did that, they wiped the gun down. Why? And why would you not test either one of them for gunshot residue? That blows my mind. Could not tell you. I have no idea. That makes Isn't sense. that the first thing you would do to find out who actually shot the weapon? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, 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 could, I don't know. DA Newcomb planned to use circumstantial evidence. She said, quote, the biggest thing that struck everyone as extremely strange is that Angel's hair, literally her hair, looked like it had been laid out as opposed to someone falling back. The prosecution said that there was no way Angel could have per- pulled the trigger herself with the way the gun was pointed at her head. But the defense said that it was exactly the way it needed to be in order for Angel to have pulled the trigger. After the jury deliberated for six hours, they came back completely deadlocked and the judge had to declare a mistrial. Beth Powell, a juror, said, quote, I remembered that Judy Newcomb pretty much made a fool of herself. The thing that stood out to me the most was, one, Angel Down's hair was fanned out on the concrete. Her leg was bent up slightly, and they said that it looked like she had been dragged down the driveway. So she got a pillow and tried to demonstrate that when you fall backwards, your hair doesn't fan out. But when she did it, sure enough, fanned all the way out. That was one of the biggest things that stood out to me. Another big thing that stood out was the marks on her head from the gunshot wound. My brother committed suicide when I was 17 years old, and it was the same pattern. I had seen that before. So that stood out to my mind heavily. That makes me so sad. Me too. That she's like, yeah, I know exactly what those wounds look like. Yeah, well, there were. it's because there were marks that showed that the gun had been pressed into her head, like marks from the barrel of the gun on her head, mm-hmm. which they say is c- consistent with the suicide. Shortly before Angel's death in 2009, Nodine had been arrested for having marijuana in his county-issued vehicle, and he was forced to resign. Four months after his mistrial, Nodine was arrested again, this time facing federal charges of possessing a gun while using drugs, and this managed to put him in jail for a year. While he was in jail, there was a newly elected district attorney, Hallie Dixon, and she was forced to decide whether to try no dine for Angel's murder again. D.A. Dixon gathered a new grand jury who determined no dine would not be charged with murder, but that they would indict him for criminally negligent homicide. The theory was that he basically drove her to shoot herself Therefore, it didn't matter who pulled the trigger. This upset Angel's family, so they went over D.A. Dixon's head to the Alabama Attorney General to get a special prosecutor to try Nodine for murder, and they won. But this time, there was no trial. There was a plea deal. 
The murder charge was dropped in exchange for him pleading guilty to perjury and pleading no contest to an harassment charge um, because he had allegedly harassed Angel with emails and text messages. And then we had already talked about him, like, sitting outside her house, watching her, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He was sentenced to 10 years, but only had to serve two. Nodine said, quote, she tried suicide other times. This was not her first. If we would have went to trial again, which I'm glad we didn't, but they would have found out she had tried that before three times. And during those two years, he was out on work release working for his lawyer. So he was only in jail on nights and weekends. In October of 2014, Nodine was released from jail. But in 2016, he was arrested and sentenced to another 60 days in jail for violating his probation by leaving the state without permission and for failing a court-ordered drug. In 2017, he was accused of stalking his most recent girlfriend. Um, he also said that he was going to be writing a book on his experience and that it would be coming out soon, but he has not said when. He's just garbage. I don't know if, like, are we certain that that, that she killed herself? What, Angel? Yeah. I think, and I'm sorry to her family because I know this is not one. I think that she did. I do think he's responsible because of how he was treating her. But I do, because right after the incident happened, he they have him on surveillance footage at a convenience store in the same clothes he wore that day. And there's nothing on him. There was no blood on him. There's no blood on his truck. I don't think that you can, and for him to have been close enough to push the gun into her head like that, he would have had some kind of, I'm trying to think of a delicate way to say I guess blood spatter is the most delicate way to say it, on him. He would have gotten something on him, and he just didn't have anything. So the witnesses say that he, say that they saw him drive away after the gunshot. So do you think he saw her do that, and then he was like, I'm out? This is my theory, and it sort of matches, well, one of the friend's theories, she had the same theory as I did at the end of the episode that I watched, Sort of. Um, I sort of think they were having a fight and she was because there was also a letter found in her nightstand that sort of gave um, it. One was a letter from Nodine to her talking about how much he loved her and everything. And one was a letter from her to him that was basically like, you need to divorce your wife or we're done. Mm. Like it was it was a final like ultimatum type thing. And I, I wonder if she, he said that she was upset that he was going home to his wife. And I do wonder if that was true. And maybe. She took out the gun and she was like, if you, you know, because she had a bunch of drugs in her system. She had Ambien, Xanax, Adderall, and she always had alcohol in her system. So I do wonder if that made her just a little bit. Um, Definitely not herself. Uh, right. Just a little bit. I, I don't like to use the word irrational, but maybe not thinking clearly. And, sure. And I do wonder if she's like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to kill, like trying to be, I don't know, trying to push him into doing something. And then he was just like, do it. I don't care. And she did it. I don't know if she meant to, or if it just accidentally sort of happened. And then he saw it and just took off. But why, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you call the police when that happened though? Because he had political ambitions and he's the type of guy based on everything that we've heard about him. He was married with a child and carried on a six years long affair with this woman public affair okay and then was carrying drugs around in his county truck and then you know after she died was all offended that they were blaming him and then after he got out started stalking and like he was just he's just one of those entitled guys who thinks he should be allowed to do what he wants to and her dying there in front of him is gonna mess up his life it wasn't ever about her just complete trash yeah he's just garbage and i do want to say that um nodine's wife 
filed for divorce five days after Angel died. He didn't fight the divorce, which became final a month month later, which ended their 15-year marriage. So he was cheating on her with Angel for almost half their marriage. Yeah. So, yeah. But good for her for finally getting out. Good for her. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I was reading some of it, and I was thinking that he did it, but I guess, I don't know. And I also wonder if she was being, if she was angry and had all of those drugs in her system, if she was just being vindictive and just, fine, I'll do it myself and you'll get blamed for it kind of thing. Like, I've seen a lot of, like, TV shows like that where, you know, they die by suicide and they try and frame, uh-huh. you know, whoever has hurt them or, or whatever. And he said on that show that when he got back to the house to get his wallet, her door was partially open and he didn't look around to see if she was okay. He just assumed she was, like, in the shower. That's shady to me. Right. If your door of the house is partial, like you're going to go in and check and make sure everything, that just doesn't make sense to me. Especially if you really like love that person and that's your, your girlfriend and you know, you're supposed to, you know, protect her Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like if something seems off, why aren't you checking on that? Yeah. Just his story seems shady to me. I think he knows a lot more than he, he is admitting to. I agree. So Nodine's lawyer, Dennis Kinsley, um, these are just like some random notes that I had throughout that I didn't know where to put. So um, Nodan's lawyer, Dennis Kinsley, said, quote, nobody gets indicted on a murder charge two weeks after the murder. And you put it together with being eight days before the election. It appeared to be not so much going after Steve, but an opportunity to have some high profile prosecution immediately before election. So this is because of uh, the new district attorney, um, Hallie Dixon, coming in. So they think that she wanted to like close that case to help her like get elected or or whatever. Yeah, no, Judy Newcomb. Judy Newcomb was the one that charged him. So she thought by going oh, that's after. What, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. You're fine. Yeah. She thought that by going sorry. after, or according to what this lawyer is saying, and I sort of see some validity to it. Um, she thought that by going after Stephen, she could get some political clout. And I kind of believe her because this doesn't ever happen this quickly. Right. Yeah. So it seems except for on Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then Nodine said he was already involved in political discourse because he was planning to run for mayor. He said another reason he believes he was targeted was that the help that he helped expose Judge Herman Thomas, who was later disbarred after the Alabama State Bar, determined he abused convicts by paddling them, kidnapping them, and um, committing sodomy. Like, this is just like a whole, like, why are people like this? I don't understand you can't convict someone because it's like all these other things have happened. Like, why? Well, I just don't understand why people have to do stuff like this. Sorry. I just wish that people would actually like be, be good. Right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like if you're working in the justice system, can't you just be good? So that we never have to question like, did you do this because of this? Or did you do this because of this? Oh. Can it all just be about justice? Maybe? No, not at all. Not in the United States. Sorry. And then, uh, These are just a couple of other quotes from Nodine. Quote, the most important thing is there was never any physical violence between me and Angel ever. This part of the narrative was made up once they realized they made such fatal errors in the investigation. That hurts, obviously, but it is what it is. He also said, quote, it was a wrong relationship, but I miss her every day. It was just tragic. I mean, there's nobody that's responsible for this except the guy you're talking to. I made bad choices. I stayed in the relationship. It was a political prosecution that just went wrong. 
and I don't think they cared about Angel. They cared about getting me. I know that may sound narcissistic or egotistical. I think a lot of them just had just convicted me because I was cheating on my wife and really just wanted to grind me for that. He is such a narcissist, though. Yeah, he is. 100%. Uh, He's just garbage. He's just trash. He's the worst. Yeah, he sucks. Like, he may not be a murderer, but he's a dick. Yeah, he really, he sucks. So, I'm sorry for Angel. I think it's sad. But um, I did want to say here, real quick, that if you guys who are listening, if any of y'all are having suicidal thoughts or know anybody who's having any kind of suicidal thoughts, you can call 1-800-273-TALK. Or if you're in the United States, you can dial 988 or text 988. And there's someone there to help you and talk to you 24 hours a day. I didn't know that we had 988. We do. So that's good to know, kind of. Reach out if you need help. Yeah. Poor Angel. Out of curiosity, can you text 911? I think some places you can now. Because I just feel like sometimes it might not be feasible to be like talking on the phone. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I think some places. I don't know why that just popped in my head. She's doing a real time Google, guys. I'm going to Google it and the police are going to be here. Are you okay? My boyfriend never said, I never said, I never told my best friend that I think my boyfriend's going to kill me. I never said it. It says, if you text 911, dispatchers will ask if they can call you. Uh, They said location is not as accurate with texting as it is with calling. But yeah, you can. Cool. That's awesome. Okay. Can I have a happy ending? You may. So, May 9th, our birthday's today. In 1961, John Corbett was born. Who? John Corbett from my Big Fat Greek Wedding, amongst other things. Hello? You don't know who John Corbett is from my Big Fat Greek Wedding? I've only seen it once. Why? Oh, okay, yeah. He's pretty cute. Why have you only seen my Big Fat Greek Wedding one time? I don't know. I didn't care for it, to be honest. Oh, my God. Okay, go ahead. And then in 1979, 1979, Rosario Dawson was born. How do you not know who people are? Because you should know this by now. She was in the movie version of Rent, and she was also in Jane the Virgin. Oh, yeah. She's so pretty. Isn't she gorgeous? She really is. All right. And then I don't think you'll know who this guy is. And then in 1996, Noah Centineo was born. Mm-mm. And he was in the To the All the Boys I Loved Before and the P.S. I Still Love You or whatever it is on Netflix. Never seen him. That I watched because I read those books when I was much younger and they were really cute. Well, he's really cute. And it's his birthday. Today. Oh, happy birthday. Okay. So our events today, on May 9th in 1960, the United States became the first country to legalize the birth control pill. Yes. Yes. I wonder how long till we ban it. Uh, <laughs> you said this was 1960? 1960. Well, it's been a good 63 We've years. had a good run. Yeah. I was talking about this uh, the other day. That it's been a good run. How um, males don't have uh, don't have to take birth control with, like, the hormones and, like, making you crazy and, like, stuff like that. They don't have to deal with it, but we do. But okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Nope. And they can make a, one baby every day. They can make hundreds Multiple. of babies a year. They can make multiple babies a day. You can make no more than one baby a year. Well, that's not true unless there's twins and stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They can make hundreds and hundreds yeah. of babies a year. But no, I've got to take a pill every day, but okay. <sighs> Anyways. All right. So on May 9th, 1992, the final episode of The Golden Girls <gasps> Oh, no. <laughs> no. All done. was not enough. NBC disagreed. <laughs> so sad. That was a sad one. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> they uh, stopped doing it because Dorothy left. She wanted to leave the show. That's why. They could have just made her, like, pass away. They're old. They really weren't old. They were, like, in their 50s. <laughs> right? It's so weird to watch that. And I'm like, they're, like, my mom's age. Like, why are they 8,000 years old? My mama is not like that. Uh, no, but they're less than 20 years, like, ahead of us and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're closer to them in age than to, like, Gossip Girl 
character ages. Anyway. Oh, no. Don't say that. I don't think that's true either. As I said that, I don't think that's true. I think we're still just a little bit closer to the high school ages. It's fine. It's just fine. a little bit. Anyways. All right. So then in 2012, United States President Barack Obama officially stated his support for same-sex marriage. Yay! Which is kind of like, I don't understand how that can be like officially stated when it should just be a, a basic right. That's like, yeah, I, I, I support that because it should just already be a thing. So I was watching Law & Order earlier, of course, um, and and one of the... <laughs> The episode, um, this guy had like three wives. Okay. And the woman, one of the wives, she was like, I don't, you know, I don't understand why we can't choose how we want to to live our lives and, and be married and stuff. And I'm like, dang, she got a point. Like, even with like something like that, like, how can we control that? Like, how can you say, oh, you can only have one? Crickets. Crickets. I kind of... if. Everybody's adult and consenting. I don't care. My issue is that a lot of the polygamy issues, especially in like FLDS church, becomes like a, it's not about multiple wives. It's about young wives. So that's what my issue with it is. But, you know. Sure. But that's I'm not going I'm not going that route. I'm talking grown adult consenting humans. It's all cool with me. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about like people that are just polyamorous. And I feel like you if you want to marry, if you want to have more than one husband, like. Why can't you? Why is there? You can't. But why would you like, want you can't to? Tell me what to do. I mean, I would never want to. But <laughs> I don't even want don't one. Even want one. That's why I'm not married. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we both said it at exactly the same time. Fine. Yeah. Anyways, so those are our events for today. So, who caught your eye this week? Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, did you see the new one? No, not yet. But we watched the second one, and he's just like. You know, I fall in love with those dumb, like, lovable characters. <laughs> and he is just, yes, he's so, like, he's such a doofus. And he thinks he's so smart and he's not, bless his little heart. And I just love him. I like the part in Guardians of the Galaxy where he's eating the chips and he's like, you can't even see me move. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, we can't. And plus the actor who plays him isn't bad looking either. So there's that. Well, you know, he's done after the third one. So I'm afraid they're going to kill him off in the third one. No. Like, he didn't renew his contract. He's, he said he was not going back. He's ready to be done. How dare you tell me that? I feel like you should have a warning. I feel like it's better to have a warning. Am I wrong? Uh, this is just, uh, but okay. Who caught your eye now that I'm sad? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so um, this week they did a they did a ham for ham, which was like the before, way back in the day when Hamilton was still on, like the, originally on Broadway before it shut down for COVID and everything. They used to have to have people line up for like hours to get tickets. And so Lynn would come out, Lynn and like some of the cast members, some of the crew members and everybody would come out and do like little performances for everybody waiting in line before the show just to like keep everybody happy and like we're thank thankful for you coming oh. to try. Like, yeah. Anyway, so they did something like that again this week and but they did a, a crossover with um, Sweeney Todd. <laughs> and so they like rewrote the songs and remixed them together and it was really good. So they all caught my eye. The cast of Sweeney Todd and the cast of Hamilton is currently on Broadway right now. Because it was really good. And it's on Instagram, so everybody should go watch it. <laughs> it's really good. That makes me happy. They, like, rewrote Alexander Hamilton to be about Sweeney Todd. I enjoyed it. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm very glad. So that's that's what caught my eye and ear and everything this week. Once again, once again, a Broadway thing. That's weird.
that was our case for May 9th, 2010. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at A Date with Murder and on Facebook at A Date with Pod. Bye. Hooray. Okay, love you, miss you, bye. Oh, love you, miss you, bye. Amen. Amen. Ta-da. Bye. <laughs> this delay is so weird. <laughs> it is. It's going to be so hard to edit this episode. It is. And it upsets me because everything you say keeps, like, breaking up. And so I'm catching, like, every other word and trying to figure out what's happening. <laughs> it's probably the, actually the best way to talk to me. So. <laughs> oh, good. I didn't have to hear everything she said. That's, that's good. Okay. That's a And cut. <laughs> I hate when you do that. It always throws me off. Oh, it's, it can't be me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Hold, please. What happened with the crocheted penis on the floor?